Hello and welcome to the Yarniax podcast. This is episode number 171, which we're recording on Thursday, July 19th, 2018. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And Boo Kitty is right in, right in between <laughs> us on the table and I am petting him with both of my hands. I'm not going to knit until Boo decides he doesn't want to be pet anymore. So you may hear purring and Nani is in the background. Him. Nani has been talking the last few minutes, so maybe we'll get some Nani speech maybe. on the podcast today. And oddly enough, as we talk about Nani... I was wearing my little bird sweater this morning. <laughs> so, and when I pulled up into the front onto the street today, there were just so many happy birds outside it, the house. Yeah, we have lots of birds. I was telling Gail that we had a towhee nest in one tree in our front yard, and then a mockingbird nest in our lemon bush. So we've had all the birds around lately. Yeah, we have at our house too, and the oriole has been oh, yeah. there a lot, which is so exciting. <laughs> So I have been wearing my little bird today because we've been having our very, very typical summer type of weather where we have the marine layer and the morning fog until noon, and then that burns off and it gets warm. So though I'm not wearing little bird anymore, I was wearing it this morning. And I'm trying not to laugh because Boo (laughs) is basically pushing around the microphone stand and you're probably going to hear the sound of his bell that's nani's bell but you'll probably hear louder the sound there's boo's bell because he's like inches from the microphone so hopefully that's not too loud for everybody listening it's the menagerie episode oh my goodness so how about you gail what have you been wearing well i'm not wearing a hand knit today because it's too warm right now but yesterday when i got cold at my desk, I put on my Hohui shawl Yay. by Hohi Locatelli. So that was a delight to wear because it's kind of been too warm in my house to wear many hand knits at all. So just snuggling that around my neck last night was very nice. I've had two nights of meetings, which is unusual for me. So having something right there to snuggle up in was nice and comfy. So that was my Hohui shawl, which was my big finish the last episode, too. So we still have to take our twin pictures. And we do. Hohoes. That will be fun. And thank you to everybody for all of the love for my Hohui on Instagram. I'm back on Instagram now Yay. and posted my pictures. And Mike got a really good one of me wearing light rain and Hohui at the same time. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where, I don't know about you, but I don't usually like myself in pictures. Like, That's yeah. actually a pretty good picture. I really like that one. So thank you for everybody who commented and liked it on Instagram. That was fun. We had to pause and start again and readjust the menagerie setting because Boo was a little too friendly with the microphone. So Boo's now outside and Nani got a new bell. Charlene's going to put up some video of Nani playing with her new bell. It was hysterical, but a little too loud. So now Nani has a cracker and she's on top of her cage and hopefully it won't be quite as I always enjoy the sound effects, but we toned it down a little bit. So what have you been stalking? I've been stalking not too much. I have to blow the cat hair off the computer. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> it's like being home in Lucy oh, first. Oh my goodness. Thing. Okay. So I have been stalking. First off, a shawl designed by Hohi Locatelli called Washed Out. And this pattern was actually released back in February of 2018, but I don't think we ever stocked this one. I couldn't find it on our show notes. I think it was because it was during stitches. And I think the timing was such that we were overwhelmed with stitches and it was about the same. I remember sitting in the hotel room talking about it. Yes. And I think it actually, the pattern actually may have been released that Friday morning or something while we were at Stitches. So I I do remember us saying that we liked the pattern, but we couldn't deal with it right at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't the most... Thing. It wasn't the shiniest thing in front of us at the right. moment. There were a lot more shiny, sparkly things. We were to distract stitches, us. of course. Yes. So, Washed Out is a three color asymmetrical shawl that is knit side to side. And Hohi's sample is quote unquote washed out because she fades it from a dark color at the top down to the lightest color, which is used for a rather large lace edge. 
So it's a, the design is a little bit fade. There's a little bit garter. There's a little bit lace. There's a little bit of striping. There's a little bit of lot of bits. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like a fun challenge. And it's she uses three colors. So, of course, I'm having fun picking what yarns I would use. And I currently have my first two colors picked out. One of them is a skein of Pixie from Dragonfly Fibers, who happens to be our sponsor this month. Yay. And the color is Nymeria, which I used to make a sweater a couple of years ago. Was it one of your boxies? No. I'm totally blanking out on what sweater I used, but this is a leftover skein remember, from that project. So I have this, and it is a lovely blue-gray, more blue than gray, but a, really a gray-leaning blue, I guess yeah. <laughs> you would call it. And then to go with that, I have a skein of Skinny Singles from Hedgehog Fibers in the, looks like it says Method colorway, which is that very same blue-gray, but a little lighter. And then it's got some speckles thrown in, thrown in, a purple, a green, a gold, some pink in there. I think they'll go together very well. And the second color on this shawl, it's not he's talking. She, yes. she was talking. The second color on this shawl is the one that is used the most, where you use, according to Hohe's pattern notes, the full skein. So this one would be the skein that gets used the most. And then the last color I haven't picked out yet, but I am considering a color from Madeline Tosh called... Grace Notes. Grace Notes, yes, which is a gray with some speckles for the very light lace edge so i think that'll work and i'm really excited to start this because i need to get something else on the needles so currently matching yarns for washed out by hohi locatelli and hedgehog fibers have either of us ever knit with hedgehog fibers before i don't think i have i have a sweater quantity in my stash i don't of a think i have one but it's funny i don't think i have but i feel very i'm used to it or i've I'm, I, should, I don't know how to say it. I'm familiar with it. Maybe? Familiar with it. That's a good way to say it because my sister buys a lot. I was just thinking because of, of your hedgehog sister. fibers. Yeah. And every time we get together, I think she's knitting with hedgehog fibers. So I'm, I'm used to seeing it around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> familiar with it's it. A they're both beautiful. Skins. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to using those. And other than that... Not too much that I'm stocking. Still feeling the pattern fatigue out there. So how about you? What are you stocking? Well, I have a big reveal, you guys. So I put a little teaser in the podcast thread in Ravelry and said that I've been stocking a lot of baby things. So no, I am not pregnant. <laughs> I did play that joke on a bunch of my friends in text and actually had them believing me, which I thought was hysterical at the moment. I'm very done having children. However, my oldest daughter, who I don't talk about much on the podcast, those of you who have been listening since the beginning may remember me talking about her, Alex. She is 24. She lives in Spokane, Washington, and she and her husband have been married a little over, well, about a year and a half now, and they are expecting a baby. So, it's going to be a daughter. Her name is going to be Olivia, and she's due in the beginning of January. So I have been stocking all <laughs> of the baby things, especially since we found out she is having a girl. So I have been stocking, looking for a combination of a dress and sweater to knit for her. And what I've come up with is the Clara dress by Karen Vestergaard Matheson. And it is a bottom-up dress in fingering weight yarn. And I'm going to use a skein of Candy Skein Scrumptious, which is her merino cashmere nylon blend, in a colorway called Plum. I took 
the next skein I'm going to talk about, which I had already purchased. I took it to the Swiss Stitch where Charlene was working on Sunday. And we looked through all the different fingering weight yarns for the perfect complementary color for the baby sweater, which is already on my needle. So I'll talk about it when we get to what am I knitting. But the plum color is the perfect deep purple. And it has almost like a light lavender it almost looks like a thread running through it, but mm-hmm. that's not it at all. It's very difficult to describe, but it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So I'm really looking forward to that. I had been leaning toward the brighter pinks and my daughter's more toned down than I am. <laughs> we'll put it that way when it comes to colors. And we determined that the plum was a more sophisticated color mm-hmm. for the combination than the brighter pinks would it have been. Was. So super excited to start the dress. It's adorable. It has a little bit of lace in the hem and some lace in the bodice, and it's just precious. I remember Megan from the Stockinette Zombies has knit it several times, and as soon as I saw it in the Ravelry pattern search, I thought, oh, I know how cute that is because Megan has knit several of them. And to go with that, I want to knit, of course, a pair of booties and a hat also, And the booties at the top of my list right now are the Baby Hug, H-U-G-G, like hug, but hug, boots, by Mariana Mel. That's a free pattern. It calls for DK weight yarn, so I may just hold one of the yarns doubled Mm -hmm. because both of the other things I'm knitting are fingering weight. Yeah. So the only problem is that the booties are, there's no lace in them at all. They definitely look like little Ugg boots, so maybe I'll knit that with something else and do something more lacy to go with the combination. We'll see. Still debating the booties. I could just knit many pairs of booties too. It doesn't have to be only one. (laughs) And then the hat I'm looking at is the simple newborn hat with a touch of lace by Ginny Steller. It's a very long pattern name. And it's just a simple beanie with a rolled brim and it has a little bit of lace around it. And I think what I'll probably do is just use a basic newborn hat pattern and use the same lace from the dress or the sweater so that they all match. So I'm super excited about that. It's been really fun. My mom and I were at the Swift Stitch earlier last week, looking at all the yarns since we know it's a girl now and you know, all the things you can look at. It's just fun. It's just fun. (laughs) And uh, Charlene did nickname me Granny Gale the other day. (laughs) She got away with it because it was a text message. She wasn't standing right next to me when she said it. It's taken me a few months to come to terms with the idea that I'm going to be a grandmother. So, but I'm very excited, very happy. And of course, my daughter and her husband are over the moon with excitement. So stay tuned for lots of baby knits. And well, then it'll be baby knits. Then it'll be kid knits. Yeah. So there will be no ongoing. Yeah. Ongoing. Lots of new things. Lots of new patterns. So that's what I've been stocking. (laughs) Thank you very much to Dragonfly Fibers for sponsoring this episode. Rich, saturated color, bold, interesting combinations, dare we say shocking hues, Dragonfly Fibers is your source for beautiful quality yarns and fibers. Dragonfly Fibers creates hand-dyed artisan yarns and fibers in vivid and sophisticated colorways. We can be found in select local yarn shops around the world and at fiber festivals such as Rhinebeck, Maryland Sheep and Wool, Vogue Knitting Live, Stitches, and Saf. Our fabulous Club Dragonfly is in full swing. Sign up now and receive shipments in September and November. The club is available with or without bonus swag. Details are available on our website. Come see us at Stitches Midwest in Schaumburg, Illinois, from August 2nd to August 5th. We'll be in booths 413 to 417 with loads of yarns, kits, and our show exclusive colorway, Lurie Garden. Casapinka's Crown Wool's Mystery Knit Along is starting on June 19th. So you can see the progress people are making and pick one of our four great colorway sets to make your own. We'll also have Find Your Fade and Fading Point kits and much more. Later in the year, we'll be at Shenandoah Valley Fiber Festival, Rhinebeck, and SAF. Can't make it to one of the shows? All our yarns and kits are available at www.dragonflyfibers.com. Discover why we say that Dragonfly Fibers is the colors of happiness. 
I love their pink and purple fade kit. The fade oh, kits so are really pretty. nice, and the fading point kits. We just got some fading point kits in at the Swift Stitch, and I love them, and I can't decide which one I want to make. And oh, you have to let me know if you have <laughs> They're the, gorgeous. I think it's a fading point kit. It's the light pinks to dark pinks to purple. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> you have to see it in person. Know that. <laughs> you have to see it in person. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. So thank you, Dragonfly. Thank Vibers. you, Dragonfly. So what are you knitting? Okay, in my hands, I have my Jessica Jones cowl from several months ago, which I haven't worked on for a while. So it's good that I dug it out of hibernation and am actively working on it again. I am knitting this in, oh, where's my yarn label? Let's see. It's, it's, a yarn, it's, it's a yarn from an indie dyer that's not made anymore. So it, the name isn't that important. But it, the nice thing about it is that it is almost, I believe it's almost 50% silk. So it's got a shine to it. And it's very soft, and Super it's going pretty. to be a lovely cowl if I ever finish it. I almost wore my Jessica Jones cowl today because I'm wearing a dark purple skirt and a light pink t-shirt, and my cowl would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. Because it's that fade... Uh, I can't Fade think. purple to pink Yeah, to but it's not a fade. What do we actually call that in the real world when we know our words? Gradient. Gradient. I'm yes. failing it is on my a words. Gradient skein. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it would have looked perfect with my outfit. It would have. It would have. Gorgeous. But this one, yeah, I think, what is that? Half a skein left? Maybe less Maybe. than half a it skein. It looks like less than half less a skein. Less than half a skein, probably. So I've, yeah, I've got a ways to go. <laughs> if I use the whole skein. If you do. And that. I'd like to. Second thing I am knitting is my Latitude Pullover by Elizabeth Doherty. Latitude is an A-line pullover that I am knitting in the Holst Yarn Coast. And I'm knitting a solid version. If you look at the pattern page on Ravelry, the sample has stripes down the body of the sweater and then stripes on the sleeves as well but I separate it because there are different different striping sequence the body has stripes that progressively get larger or smaller depending on how you look at it I guess and then the stripes on the sleeves are the same size all the way down but it's very cute it's cute striped and I had a I had a hard time deciding which one I was going to do but the deciding factor for me was that I wanted a sweater out of this blue I wanted a pullover and I wanted to knit it for the Yarniax Colors of Fall knit along in the blue so it worked the timing was right I started latitude planets <laughs> aligned yes and let's see the I think I mentioned that it's an a-line pullover it's knit top down I guess partially flat because you kind of start flat but mostly in the round and has the signature braid on the upper back. And yeah, I'm all, almost done with my version of the sweater. I've done, I've knit down the body, I've put the collar on, I've knit my sleeves. I am to the point now where I think I'm going to start a split hem on it. So maybe, I think, I think according to the pattern, the split hem adds two or two and a half inches. So if I'm to that point, I've got about two, well, two and a half inches of body left. So You're not too done. much further to go, almost yeah. to the finish line on that one. So I'm very excited to have that one done. It's a gorgeous And I knit. remember now, Charlene was showing me the sweater when I arrived and I was going to ask her a question. And because I've had late night meetings, my brain is not functioning. So I completely <laughs> forgot the question I was going to ask her, but I remember now. Did you do all the increases for the A-line that are in the pattern or did you omit some? Just out of curiosity. I suspect that I did not do the full number of increases, but in all honesty, I didn't count 
my increases to see how many I have done compared to the pattern. Based on the pattern, yeah. I have a this habit of doing that. Once I hit the section on the pattern where it's just body and I'm just knitting in the round, I often don't look at the pattern anymore. I do what I want. Yeah, and <laughs> that's the sign of a confident knitter. I still am a slave to patterns, but... I was wondering because Charlene was saying she held this up to her confetti for the length, mm -hmm. but you didn't do as many increases on your confettis either, did you? I didn't. Right. I so didn't. Yeah. that was the question that I was going to ask Okay. You. And then I also, when I held it up to my confetti to check for length, I didn't put my current knitting of latitude on scrap yarn or on spare needles. So... It was very tiny mm -hmm. in going around because I'm on a maybe a 32 inch needle, so it, it looked very tiny compared to confetti, which is much yeah, you wider. Tell at the, the, the line yes, shaping exactly, but but it, it definitely is there. I definitely did build in that A line shaping because I'm very comfortable wearing. The A-line sweaters at this so point. Right. My confetti, I love the way it fits, love the way I feel when I wear them. So that's a good, good style for me right now. So those are the only two things I am knitting. I really need to get something else on the needles, and I hope to do that soon. How about you, Gail? What are you knitting? I am knitting so many things. <laughs> You're lucky. I need more things. I feel almost overwhelmed, actually, by oh. the number of things I'm knitting. But as happens sometimes with knitting, all the things get to a point where you can't really progress without thinking or doing something mm -hmm. that's kind of an obstacle. So I had a lot of obstacles between now and the last time we recorded. One of them, I'm still working on Slade. I know I said I would probably have it done by the next time we recorded, but we had a heat wave in Santa Cruz and I wasn't happy with this giant sweater in my lap during the heat wave. So it had to take a back burner. Yes. <laughs> so now that it's cooled off a little bit, I finally did do the MacGyvering I was going to do with the sleeve. So the first sleeve is about a third of the way done and I picked up all along the sleeve portion of the body and followed Elizabeth Doherty's new top-down set-in-sleeve method, and I have knit, once I knit the entire cap and did all the shaping and had knit about an inch, I had Mike try it on last night, and it fits him, and he's really happy with the width of the sleeve and his upper arm, so I've knit about probably four inches since he tried it on last night, which means I've done one, two, three, four more decreases, so when I'm done recording today, I'll have him try it on again, make sure that my cadence of decreases is giving a good width down his arm because I want to make sure that the width is comfortable the whole way down so I don't decrease too rapidly or too slowly. So I'm being careful about that, taking copious notes so that the second sleeve is like the first sleeve because I have problems with that sometimes. So I'm very happy with the progress on Slade even though I would have liked to have it done by now, but that's okay. It's fine. And still loving the yarn. It's so beautiful. It's a Western Sky Knits Polworth Silk Blend in a DK weight in her wine colorway. And it is Red Pear from The Colors mm -hmm. of Fall. So he really will be... Really pretty. We should... Oh, I should get Mike in a fall look. There you go. Mac, oh, Max <laughs> and I will, will have him in a fall look. So I'll have... I know this wasn't knit during the timeline of the knit along, but it's still going to be a good fall look. So yeah. the other day he was commenting... Oh, when am I going to have my new sweater to wear in the morning? And I said, no, 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 no. The current sweater you have is more like a bathrobe that he wears in the morning, the one I knit many, many years ago. This one won't be like that. So keep the one that you're wearing as a bathrobe, as your morning sweater, and you can be like Mr. Rogers and change into this one <laughs> after your shower. So that's my progress on Slade. I'm also knitting on my Viajant, which I started on my vacation, and that hit a little obstacle for sure because ugh, Roomba strikes again. You guys are thinking, Gail, how do you let this happen so frequently? It's not my fault. It's my husband's fault. He put Roomba in our bedroom. Roomba is one of those little round vacuum cleaners that goes around your room for you. And you don't have to oversee it. It just is this little self-motorized vacuum cleaner. 
And he thought he'd checked for yarn because he does. He checks for yarn before he turns it loose in a room. He didn't see that the lace weight yarn from Viajant was on. It had dripped down off of my nightstand and was on the floor a little bit. Mm. So it got sucked into Roombra. And when I got home from wherever I was, Mike said, Roombra got your knitting. I'm really sorry. (laughs) I said, oh, no. So it broke the yarn right where it was connected at the needles and it pulled a bunch of yarn under the spools and I'm going to have to probably rip it back like three or four rows because it pulled it off the needles in parts as well. And I think where the yarn broke, I'm not going to be able to weave it back in and pick up where those stitches dropped. Did your first viajant also get? No, 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 not the first viajant, but Hmm. other things have been eaten but never to a point where I had to rip anything back, I don't think. But lace weight yarn, I mean, it can't stand up to the wear and tear of a vacuum cleaner. So, no. <laughs> that's the obstacle with Viajant. And I'm also knitting a latitude. So, just like Charlene was, I cast mine on during our heat wave because I also am using the Holtz Coast yarn, the 50, it's like 55 wool, wool 45, 45 cotton. cotton. Yeah. And I'm doing a striped version, so I am using dark navy, so that's a color of fall, and I'm using a color called porcelain, which is a very light blue. So it's a very beautiful color combination, very sophisticated for my normal tendencies in Mm -hmm. stripes. I'm very proud of myself to have something that's basically neutral for my wardrobe, and I love it. It's such a fun knit. The yarn makes me so happy. The color combination makes me so happy. It's so light. I can't wait to wear it. I'm about probably two thirds of the way through the body, maybe. And I am at the point where I need to knit the collar so that I can try it on and know how long it's really going to be. And I say knit the collar first because I could try it on the way it is now. But I know that when I knit the collar, it's going to pull it into more of a shape and it will affect how long it is on my body. And it'll pull it up. So that it's sitting in the proper exactly. place on your body. So when you try it on... It's, That's why I did mine too. Yeah, it's more. it gives you a more accurate idea of what the sweater looks like on you. Without that collar, it just pulls down more and it drapes more and it's longer. And, you know, if you, if you go by that length, when you knit the collar, it's probably not going to be as long as you want it to be. So just a word to the wise. And I'm just thrilled with that sweater so far great knit very fun mm-hmm. good and, color combo yeah and the, the yarn is just a delight to work with so working on latitude and i cast on a fourth thing because wasn't in the mood to start the sleeves on slade latitude needed to make the collar <laughs> viajant had been eaten by the vacuum and i had an eight hour meeting through the night Oh, that's and wrong. i needed something else to knit so baby knits to the rescue. <laughs> I am knitting the baby jacket on two needles by Elizabeth Zimmerman. Oh, fun. It is from her book, Knitter's Almanac, which is a great book. If you're not familiar with Elizabeth Zimmerman, she's basically the queen of knitting, it seems. And she has written many, many books that are all very readable, very practical, very entertaining And she has these sections called pithy directions for, and then the pattern name. So she doesn't give you a pattern like you would expect when you purchase a pattern from Ravelry. The whole sweater pattern takes up maybe three quarters of a page in the book. And it basically says, choose needles in this size range that give you, italicized, a gauge of X. So she's trusting you to do a gauge swatch to pick the right needle size. And then she says, cast on this many stitches, knit garter for this many bumps, and then start the goal pattern. So this sweater has, if if you're familiar with the February lady sweater, it's the adult version of the sweater I'm knitting for the baby. Oh, Nani's here. Shirley just brought Nani over. So February lady sweater, same sweater, but in an adult size. So the top of the yoke is garter. And then after that, it's a gull lace pattern. So Elizabeth's directions are knit the lace pattern. And she has these very interesting instructions for how to do the sleeves. They're basically knit flat and then seamed afterwards. But there are no specific instructions on how to do that. You basically have to 
either one, trust what she's saying and just kind of go with it, or two, have knit other things so you understand what she's saying. If I had tried to do this in my beginner knitter days, I would not have been able to figure it out, I don't think. I wouldn't have understood. Yeah, a lot of people, cur current knitters, I have heard, don't necessarily like the way her patterns are written because they're not specific enough. And like you said, they don't exactly say, cast on this many stitches, blah, 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 blah. So it's a little bit different. You yes. have to do a lot of the legwork yourself and you have to think. So it's not necessarily bad. It's a challenge. It is. A, it's a challenge <laughs> because she's not giving you step one, step two, step three. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying it in the, so I only knit on it that one night during that meeting and I'm through the yoke to where I start the sleeves. So for example, it says something to the effect of knit 25 stitches then knit the next maybe 28 stitches for the sleeve, casting on seven stitches on either side for a total of X, knit in goal pattern for X number of inches, and then finish with X number of rows of garter. Repeat for other sleeve. And <laughs> looking at these directions thinking, I don't really understand what she's saying. And then at the end of the pattern, it says, so, so sleeves. So I'm thinking, okay, so obviously they're knit flat and then you seam them together. Now, how does the body work after that? Well, she kind of tells you to cast on stitches under the arms where you separated from the sleeves, but it's not very specific. So her pithy directions, <laughs> you do have to do some thinking, but she has lots of patterns in all of her books like this. I think, so this is the month of February in her nurse almanac. And there is a pattern for baby, I think she calls them longies. They're leggings with feet oh, in them. Yeah. The sweater, a blanket, and something else. And of course, there's a chapter in the book for every month of the year. So, you know, you're getting a lot of patterns. And I think the book is like $8. And they're just really enjoyable reads. Her books are really entertaining. So if you haven't tried an Elizabeth Zimmerman book, please check one out because they're super fun. And I'm super excited about the sweater because I'm using a new to me yarn, Yarn Love, which she was our sponsor earlier this year. And I've used her DK weight yarn, which was in the color way known as unicorn poop. So we've talked about that on the mm -hmm. podcast before. She had a sale in July and I saw one of her sock weight yarns. It's her Juliet base, which is a merino nylon blend in the colorway Fable is a very light pink with speckles but they aren't really really bright and really really prominent speckles they're there but they're more subtle and like I said Alex my older daughter is more toned down in colors than I am so I'm using that for the baby sweater so it's a light pink just a baby very light baby pink with these little speckles and then the dress that I'll knit is in the candy skein plum colorway which is just such a pretty contrast between the fable so between the sweater and the dress basically it's going to be a beautiful combination so i'm really excited about the jacket and talk about a quick knit baby knits are so fast i love it <laughs> well i just looked up elizabeth zimmerman because i knew that her baby surprise jacket is one of the more popular patterns that she's ever released and i looked on Ravelry, and there are 27,000 baby surprise jackets on Ravelry. And that one is like an origami piece of magic. That one is. I've known many people that have made that one. And that one, the pattern has been published in many, many places. And I believe that this one, the pattern has sort of been written out in oh, some places so that me. it's more like a standard pattern that you would expect to find. But it was originally published in January of 1968. Yeah, that doesn't And here we are in 2018. Still knitting it. Still knitting yeah. it. 27,000 projects listed on Ravelry. Imagine how many are actually out there that never made it to Ravelry and were knit in the years before Ravelry was around. Yeah, for so, sure. So many, 
So many. Yeah. Very she's cool. A true gift to knitting. That's yeah. for sure. So yeah. that's Elizabeth Zimmerman. And those are the four things that I'm knitting. I sure may talk a long time about four things. <laughs> All right. So have you finished anything since the last episode? I've finished two things. Ooh, nice. Woo-hoo, yes. The first one, I finally finished my Easy One sweater. Yay! I know. The Easy One is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli that I sadly have been knitting for quite a long time. I've been knitting that one. Let's see. Started in May. I'm not sure... Somehow I have an incorrect completion date in Ravelry, so I'm a little perplexed about that. I think I just did that probably by accident one day. But I started this back in May, and as you may recall, I knit from top to bottom as the pattern is written and got to the bottom and decided that I wanted to try a split hem Split ham, no, 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 didn't work, (laughs) didn't like me. Who knows, the pattern, the yarn combo didn't work for a split ham. It flipped up. There were a number of things that I could have tried. I had some suggestions, and in the end, I ripped it out and just went back to a knit in the round and then ribbed bottom. So... Back to basics, that one is done. And it's such a relatively easy, boxy shaped pullover. I don't, it shouldn't have taken me as long as it did, but I need to wear it a bit and see if the way that I finished it works and if it is actually long enough. Because the second problem that I had that I was going to mention too was that I ended up before I put the finishing inches on, I washed it. That's right. And so I should mention this because I've had a couple of emails about folks asking about the coast yarn mm-hmm. plumping. Because I had mentioned, I think, when I was working on the sweater that I washed it and the yarn plumps up a little bit. In fact, quite a bit it plumps up. And so when I went to add my inches to it, The new yarn and the current yarn on the sweater looked so different that that was part of the reason why I ended up putting it away because I couldn't figure, it it just didn't look right to me. Even though in my brain, I kind of knew that it would work out. I get it though. Yeah. It's like knitting with top ramen yarn. It looks different. Yeah, exactly. So the yarn does plump up when you washed it, when you wash it. I use just a little bit of wool wash to let the yarn, or to cause the yarn, I should say, to release the spinning oil. Because on the Holstgarn website, they do say that this yarn, as shipped, contains a little bit of spinning oil. So when you wash it, you do want to use something that's going to cause that oil to be released from the yarn. And in doing that, it plumps up a little bit and I also tumble mine for a little bit very short time in the dryer and I have heard some people say that they wash it in the washing machine I haven't gone that far with mine yet so I can't comment on that but I do know that when I have tumbled it in the dryer that also has caused it to fluff up a little bit too gives it a little bit of a halo so depending on how you like your finished object if you don't like that look with just a little bit of a halo you may not want to finish it that way but I like the way that it looks just plumped up like that so I have I think I've done that with all of my holst yarn coast garments it also makes my stitches look more even i think after i've tumbled them a little bit so now that i have washed it i think i'm gonna have to wash it again i feel like i can still see sometimes that line of demarcation i like i said i just need to wear it a little bit and get comfortable so you haven't worn it at all yet I don't think I have. No, I think I may have worn it 
a little bit that morning when I wove in the ends, when I called it officially finished, but I haven't, it's still sitting in my bedroom. There just hasn't been that much call for a long sleeve yeah. pullover sweater since yeah. I finished it. But it's officially done. That's the easy one. Yay! Locatelli. And then the second one that I've finished is my westbound pullover, which is the linen top I knit designed by Elizabeth Doherty. And I knit this in two strands of the 100% linen, it's called Reed, from Shibui. And the, uh, the cool thing about linen is just like a linen, a woven linen garment, is that you can toss it in the dryer, which I absolutely love. If it's got wrinkles, what do I do? I sprinkle it with water and toss it in the dryer for a few minutes and voila. Of course, it wrinkles as you wear it because it is linen but that's part of the joy of linen i think i do too and i i yeah i've loved this top since i finished it because it feels so completely different from anything containing wool i absolutely love it it's been great for warm weather because it's a line it's got a v-neck very short little cap sleeves they're actually drop shoulder sleeves and then a couple of the options for this sweater are to add on elbow length sleeves or three-quarter length sleeves or I suppose you could even do long sleeves you do what you want but mine I just didn't add any more sleeves to it so where the drop shoulder would come on a longer sleeved sweater that's my short sleeves for this top and it's got the v-neck which is the self-finished V-neck mm -hmm. knit as you go. So it was pretty not fussy. It was an it was an unfussy knit yeah, because no, you didn't no have to go or... back and pick up around the neckline. I didn't have to pick up anything on the sleeves. I did one one of the hem options is an I-cord hem with supposed to be slight very slight v-ing with short rows in the front and the back and i chose that hem option but you can also just finish it straight with an i-cord i believe she has instructions even for maybe a ribbed edging there are two patterns that are really similar so i'm in my head i'm not sure which what the line of demarcation is between the two patterns mm -hmm. because they're very similar and they're all based on the same design and westbound and westerly they're sister patterns really <laughs> because they patterns. yeah because they go they they're very similar but they both have i believe different finishing techniques but i think if you have one pattern you can do easily do the finishing of either one but I would like to make a longer sleeve top eventually for the cooler weather based on this pattern because it fits really well. Yay. I'm very happy with it. Two finished sweaters. Yeah. That is fantastic. It feels good because I was feeling the way that you said you were feeling, just having too many things mm -hmm. on the needles. And it's like, oh, what do I knit? What do I knit? So, And also having... That Hohi Locatelli sweater, the easy one, just lurking, lurking and waiting <laughs> and saying, oh, finish me, finish me. That was a little. And I'm trying not to laugh because Nani is sitting on the chair back right behind Charlene's head. And she keeps reaching out her neck to pluck at little pieces of Charlene's hair. And it's so yeah. cute. I need to pick, I need to train her to only pluck the gray, gray ones. ones. Oh, that would be <laughs> So fabulous. My gray blends so well with my red that she'd have a hard time with my hair. She's, I could train her to be like one of those monkeys. Yeah, exactly. Grooming you. Yeah, she could groom me and pluck my gray hair. It's so cute, though. She just keeps reaching her little head forward. Every time Charlene turns to face me, I see Nani's little neck extend. Like, I'm going to get one. Oh, that's funny. Yes. She's laughing. Okay, Gail. So what about you? Well, that what was distraction because I haven't finished anything. Oh, okay. So 
<laughs> yeah, I've been knitting all the things and finishing nothing. So. But that's okay. Yes, Next episode, is. hopefully I have lots of finished stuff. And we got so much interest in the tech tips that we did last episode. We wanted to do some more. Mm-hmm. And thank you to everybody who commented in the thread and gave us your tech tips also. It was super helpful. I always love to hear new yeah, things I do that too. I can do. I do too. New ways to make my knitting life easier. So the first two that I want to mention are tips that somebody mentioned in the tech tips thread in our Ravelry group. And one of the first one was when you're counting stitches, maybe sometimes it would be easier to count by twos or threes instead of counting singly. Depends how good you are at keeping track of numbers, of course, and if that comes naturally to you, I suppose. I usually do count in twos. Yeah, I I have before too. Yeah. And then I think it was Robbie even mentioned that she counted alternating by two and three. Which oh, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do that because I would just get lost. So it's interesting how different people can focus or draw their focus by counting in different yes. ways. Or well, Robbie also likes spreadsheets. Yes, right? she's a number gal. Exactly. So. <laughs> so, and then the second one also mentioned was, I know that we have mentioned this before. Very, this would be a really basic tip, but to use your stitch markers, and if you're doing pattern repeats, put a stitch marker between each pattern repeat so that you can quickly and easily see if you've still got the required number of stitches for each pattern repeat. The baby sweater that I'm knitting right Mm -hmm. now, the gulp lace pattern is a seven stitch repeat. So I have a stitch marker every seven stitches on the body so that I can easily tell the difference. Okay, this is one repeat. Mm -hmm. And it's easy. If you make a mistake, you know right away. And you know where it it is. Exactly. Because I remember when I first started doing, doing lace, sometimes you would count... You, you maybe knew the total number of stitches you were supposed to have. And then you'd count. And if you were only off one, you had to figure out you where. You had to figure out where. And it's really crushing. Yes, it is. <laughs> because sometimes it's such an easy fix. Maybe you just forgot a yarn over, which was what I often did. And I remember, oh, it was just that yarn over for example at the end or at the beginning and if i don't have the stitch markers then you can't narrow it down and you have to check every pattern Mm -hmm. repeat so i like that one as gail said she's using it right now and it also works if you're doing something like a hat for decreases on the crown. Mm-hmm. I always use stitch markers yeah. to indicate where that next decrease is supposed to happen. Yeah. So they're just handy. Yeah. And I have so many stitch markers. And, and they you always have, make me exactly. happy. Use yeah. the stitch markers. Utilize them. Anything that makes life easier or knitting easier, do it. <laughs> and on the subject of lace, lifelines. So we've talked about this as well, too, and it's been in our threads many times. Mm-hmm. A lifeline is an extra piece of waist yarn that you put through all of your stitches that are on the needle before you start a new lace repeat or before you start a new portion of your project that is different from what you're doing currently. So for example, on the baby sweater, if I had chosen to, when I finished the garter yoke, I could have put that lifeline through the stitches before I started the gold lace pattern. So if I had made a mistake in my lace, I could have pulled my knitting back to that lifeline because with that waist yarn between your stitches, if you pull back, it's not going to rip back beyond that point of your knitting because it's like an anchor in your knitting. So what often people do, and I've done this on complicated lace projects, let's say, for example, you have a eight row lace repeat. You could put a lifeline on the eighth row of every lace repeat Mm -hmm. so that if you start your next repeat and you blow it somehow and you make a big mistake and you have to rip back you're only ripping back to that to the beginning of that current lace repeat 
So lifelines are really, really helpful. And I would say that even though I'm a quote experienced knitter and I've been knitting for years, I still use them if it's a complicated lace pattern because like Charlene said, sometimes even if I use stitch markers and stuff, sometimes when, if you're doing things like increasing for a shawl with lace, there's a lot going on in lace mm-hmm. and it's very difficult sometimes to read it and figure out how to fix it if you've made a mistake and it could just be easier to rip back to your lifeline. So I often use lifelines if it's any type of complicated lace at all. And what's good to use for a lifeline? What types of yarns? Cottons are really good to use for lifelines. Reason being they aren't sticky and wool doesn't stick to wool, which is not to say that I don't use wool because a lot of times I just grab the nearest thing, which happens to be wool. So I'll use it. But in a perfect world, if you were going to pre-plan and perhaps have a piece of something with you in your notions bag or your toolkit, maybe a piece of cotton yarn would be the choice because it isn't sticky. And if you're traveling, throw a container of dental floss in your knitting bag or your notions bag because you can always use dental floss as emergency lifeline material as well. And then if you're traveling, you've got the cutter on the dental floss to use as scissors if you can't travel with scissors, for example. And the waste yarn idea for lifelines, I use waste yarn in my knitting all the time, separating for sleeves, Mm -hmm. putting sleeves on a holder for any reason. So if you have I'm trying to think of a good example. Sleeves are the best example I can think of yeah. right now. But Or if you're trying something on, you want to put your garment usually on waste yarn. That's true, too. And cotton, again, is always the best thing because it's so easy to pull it back out again. Yeah. And it doesn't distort the stitches that are in your work in progress. And it doesn't also leave remnants of itself in your knitting when you pull it out because some That's yarns, true. Yeah. <laughs> some yarns, when you pull them out, they leave a bit of themselves behind yeah. and that's never a good thing. Yeah. So I have cotton remnants that I have in all my key knitting areas. So when I need waste yarn, I just reach over for my cotton yarn and I always have waste yarn in all of my notions bags too, because you just never know when you're going to need it. Exactly. And it doubles for stitch markers. Mm-hmm. If you need it, you just cut a little loop of yarn right. and use it as a stitch marker. Right. So waste yarn is always handy to have yes. around. All right. And I have another tip based on something you said earlier in this episode. So you mentioned that you were comparing latitude to your confetti, mm-hmm. but it was still on the needles. So you were checking it for length, not for width. Mm-hmm. My tech tip is never try on a garment work in progress while it's still on the needles. Mm. So if you're knitting a cardigan, you could do that. You could leave all the stitches on the needles and try it on with a sweater in the round. You probably can't because you will pull sweater, the stitches off the needles when you try to pull it over your head. So often I will put either use a second needle to hold some of the stitches or the waist yarn. Now, the reason I'm cautioning you against doing it still on the needles is because many years ago, I knit a sweater, a cardigan sweater, and I tried it on frequently, but I tried it on while it was still on the needles because I wanted to see how long it was. Well, what I wasn't taking into account is the fact that my bust circumference is a lot smaller than my hip circumference, and I wanted it to be past my butt. So every time I tried it on for length, I wasn't getting the full picture of the sweater and how it was going to look all the way around my hips. So when I bound that sweater off and put it on, I was so disappointed because it did not cover me the way I wanted it to because I had not been doing increases. I was changing the pattern to be much longer than it was written. And it was early in my knitting, so I didn't have all the knowledge I have now and I wasn't working in increases which now I know well of course you need to put increases in it but I wasn't thinking about it so and I also I remember I had a really really bad cold as I was knitting all this my brain wasn't working it was cassis I was gonna guess that one I was just I just held up my finger and can I guess which sweater it was Mm -hmm. oh that's hilarious I just from your description I knew which one yeah (laughs) 
So don't try things on with the needles in because it doesn't give you the full picture of how that garment is going to look on you. And that sweater is the sweater that Gail was so tired of. Mm -hmm. She did not even want to rip out. So she gave it to me and told me to rip it out. I gave it to her to have the yarn. Rip it out and the yarn is yours. So that was the baby. And now it's a baby blanket that has already been given to the recipient. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that was my very first ever sweater quantity purchase of Madeline Tosh yarn too. And I was so over it because of all the mistakes I made with that pattern that, uh, yeah, it went to Charlene. So <laughs> don't don't try it on while it's still in the needle. Save yourself the agony that uh, I've experienced. And then I have one more that came up in a conversation that we were having this week with a friend of ours who was knitting the Calyx sweater. And my suggestion was... If you are knitting a bottom-up sweater and you're worried about the length, add your couple of extra inches, go and go ahead and knit it, and then if it's necessary, you can pull that out at the end and shorten the sweater that way. It'll be a little difficult, perhaps, to rip it out if you've done a cast on but one of the options like the calyx that you can do is keep the sweater on a provisional cast on and then it might still it's still going to be iffy to rip I shouldn't say iffy it's still going to be a little awkward to rip it out it's not like when you rip out something from a bind off say you can just pull there's going to be a little but in that scenario let's say You've knit your calyx a couple inches longer just to be safe. You've tried it on, and now you know, okay, it's an inch longer than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you cut the yarn? You could, and exactly. And then it would be easy yeah. to unravel it yeah. from that so, point. The tip is that if you're knitting a bottom-up sweater and you're worried about the length, go ahead, knit your couple of extra inches knowing that you may have to tink or cut those inches out. The only reason I, you may want to do this is because for some sweaters and for some patterns, it's not that easy to go back and add on inches later. And this won't work for all patterns. Right. You really have to look at your pattern and figure out, for example, if you have a ribbing, it may be easier to do because then you could keep the stitches on a provisional set your length which either is by ripping out a couple inches or leaving it leaving those extra inches in and then knitting your ribbing down for example instead of casting on and knitting your ribbing so there are options and you probably have to think about it and change your pattern a little bit But I think in the long run, if you are unsure about the length, I think the fix to have those couple extra inches already knit in just in case is going to be easier than trying to reverse engineer and figure out how to add inches. So yeah, it's not an easy tip and it's not a simple tip because you really have to think about it and plan for it when you're casting on the sweater. It's not something that you can think about and add on after you've started. You have to do this in the planning stages and consciously decide to knit those extra couple of inches into your sweater as you're starting because we're talking about starting at the bottom and knitting to the top. But it's a lot better than ending up with a sweater you're not gonna wear. You're not gonna wear or a sweater that's too short. Exactly. Yeah. So. Somewhat of a thinking tip. (laughs) But still, very helpful. Yeah. So I think that's it for today. Yeah, I think so too. Thank you so much for listening as always. And keep knitting on your colors of fall. Yes, we'll have an update on that next next, episode. Next time. Yeah, I have some sizes to announce too. Yay. Okay. All right. Happy knitting, everyone. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs 
podcast Ravelry Group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.